Hey, what's up, Mari people, and welcome to Diving Podcast. I'm still your host, Yasmin Mohamed. Hope you had a lovely week. And today's topic, we are going to discuss about education inequality and academic problems. What do you understand by the term education inequality? Before jumping into our daily dose, with me in the studio, I have a very, very special guest, and I would like to give her this chance to introduce herself. Welcome, my very, very beautiful guest. Thank you, Yusmin, for this uh, privilege to have me here. And um, I'm looking forward to discussing this with you. Okay. As I had asked before, what do you understand by the term education inequality? Michelle, what's your take about this? Thank you, Yusmin. Education inequality, I would add, describe it as the unequal distribution of academic resources, including but not limited to school funding, qualified and experienced teachers' books and technologies to social excluded communities. For instance, uh, you've seen uh, in Marsabit, there was a time we went there for, uh, for survey and research. And you see, not every child in in a family of like seven seven people or rather a family that has seven children only to get the privilege of going to school and the schools there are very rare you'll just meet like in one town it's only one school and the number of teachers there is limited they don't have any resources technology like technology they don't even know technology when you just show them phones, they're mm. like, oh my God, what are these gadgets? They don't even know the name of the phone. Really? Yeah. I thought that the government said uh, they will provide uh, laptops, quite marginalized groups, not schools, what are built. Uh, you know how the government is. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put f- fingers on anyone. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> But uh, you know, evidence as in it's something. It's something that you can see. There no, I can tell you for sure. Mm. Even even the schools there, I was even shocked, like to see one house, like it's a deserted house, and I'm like, why are the schools here? So they're telling me this is where we go to school. I'm that like, deserted house. Up yeah, up. it doesn't even look like a classroom. It doesn't have desk. It doesn't have a blackboard so i don't know how they and what about the teachers there the teachers you know some of them are shipped from nairobi or rather from uh, let's say meru or other counties and then they're taken there and now since they say it's a government institution well you just have to go there for money but uh, it's just it's a pity Apo na getingi walimu wengine they refuse our kitumu wako wanakata kuenda. Yeah, you know the reason why they will not go there it's because one, there is insecurity. They are not even sure if they are going to survive. They have left their families here in Nairobi or uh, probably in other counties. I know mm. you are telling them to go there. They even know like the state uh, of education there or rather the schools they are not like well well but the government, maybe that shines something. I don't know.
Okay, what results in education inequality mostly in Kenya? Um, I would say poverty, racism, mm-hmm. geographical positioning, institutional cultures that still have a gender bias and sexism. Oh, so would you like to explain further how poverty has affected the education in Kenya? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, reality is that the income gap has widened between the rich and the poor. That's why they will never get an equal access to education. And the education outcome are one of the key areas influenced by family incomes. For instance, uh, let's say you're getting um earning like um one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. per month, and there's a family that is earning uh probably twenty thousand, mm-hmm. and you see, actually the the irony of this situation is that the the family that is earning twenty thousand, you'll meet that in that family they have like seven children. You ask yourself, how are these seven children? how will they manage to go to school, all of them? And the school fees, how will the parents manage getting 20,000? Remember, there's food there and other yeah. and uh, other basic needs. But in the family of 150,000, you'll meet that probably two, they only have two children or just one child. So this one child is going to be taken to a group of schools. Let's mm-hmm. just assume that's how it happens. And in group of schools, there's technology and there's everything. I mean, uh, things there are, um, well, it's the elite yeah. society you get. But now the 20,000 family, like the low-income family, mm. you'll get that they're going to be taken to like local schools. And at some point, even in these local schools, they don't have access to so many um school facilities yeah. so yeah okay and what about uh, racism uh about um racism let's even give example mm. of uh international yeah you see when you go to us blacks are, are they're just discriminated even in school the black students even in the united states have lagged behind their white peers in academic achievement because the high school graduation rate for white students is at 87% according to National Center for Education Statistics. For black students, the rate is 73%. So when you come back to our country, experiencing discrimination can provoke stress responses similar to post-traumatic stress disorder. Children who who experience discrimination from their teachers are more likely to have negative attitudes about school and low academic motivation and performance and at, at increased risk of dropping out of high school. Even ourselves, we've experienced racism in one way or another. Yeah. Probably there's a teacher. Exactly. Or probably they're coming from a different society and you're coming from... Um, let's say tribe, tribe. Yeah, different yeah. tribes. So you see, they, they, they don't favor you, they favor another student and at some point it may even lead to low self-esteem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, geographical background or positioning of the place where you live, um, how does it affect it? You know, in history, there is something we used to say that an equal distribution of resources mm. 
and when it comes to uh, when it comes to geographical positioning you don't expect a child who is in Nairobi to go to school i mean to be the same level with the student who is in Marsabit or Mandera yeah. reason True. being it's because the, the the geographical um even the distances it's so it's far away the government tends to focus on the city more than the people in in quotes machinani you get yeah. and uh actually they they do have challenges because whatever that is in Nairobi in the city is more advanced technology wise and uh, i mean that the facilities are way too much advanced than the ones in the local and that's why the locals after they they're done with high school and primary school they brought now they're to, brought to the Nairobi city. to the city to see the advancement of technology here it's a sad society that we're living in but i think there's something that the government said that uh, in, the, in their manifesto mm. that they're going to make sure uh they 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 take the advancement to they shall go so that in nairobi we cannot be flooded with nairobi cannot be flooded with people because i think there's so many good lands out there but in nairobi when even you go to buy lands in uh, places like uh, kiambu people are going to tell you that you're selling it at 6.8 million let's say even 2 or 3 acres but when you go to marsabit you're going to get it at some peanut a uh, cash like just 200,000 or even 100,000 because it doesn't have a lot of people okay but do you think that the government has made any achievement according to their manifestos according to the manifestos that they made they have maybe a little of it i'd say 10% of the manifestos that they said they would do and we've given them like it's 10 years down the line yeah i don't know where kenya we are headed to but i just hope for the best that the next government that is going to be in power in well, august yeah i hope they're going to make sure that they put all that they're saying into consideration to make kenya a better place and even um the children in terms of education mm-hmm. and as knowledge is power sorry i mean yeah. okay. okay and uh lastly the one that you talked about the institution of cultures how has it affect education in kenya um i'll give an example and i know you're from our generation generation z there's this book we did of we studied our blossoms of the savanna yeah. you remember yeah i remember that about the ma culture yes you remember there's this character who was called resian resian and taio and taio yeah. and all these olosido <laughs> <laughs> just allow me to to say a little bit about um about this uh, set book yes and uh, you see this this set book was based in the ma culture Resian is a determined and hardworking young girl who believes that knowledge is power. I mean, it's power to her because when she's educated, she can get anything, anything that she wants. wants. She don't want to be kept there by a man or be married at, a, at an early age. Mm-hmm. But now you see, the Ma culture believes that when you get to a certain age, I mean, girls are not even allowed to go to school. You get, you don't even have the power to say no. or you're not even given the chance to express yourself mm-hmm. as a lady That's but to a resian 
she knew that if she's going to get this education, she's going to be a better person in this society. And remember there's this thing of uh, FGM. FGM. So you see the 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 culture the culture in Ma it doesn't allow education at all. And you'll see that most girls there they're circumcised and uh, they believe that FGM is a must. But if you are educated, then you're going to be against that. But how many, what percentage of girls are educated there? Like 10, 10% or even 5%. So it's a major challenge you're doing. But I do thank the government because somehow, like they're doing, if they if they notice that they are, that a girl is going to undergo the FGM, then they send their, their people there to go and arrest the people. But uh, I can't really say that we've curbed the situation, it's but we but they are trying to guess. Okay. It is time to address how growing inequality makes families at the bottom slip further away from a decent life in the middle. Let your voice fight for high quality education for all children. Let me take this opportunity to thank my special guest for giving us her time. Thank you, and we appreciate it all. Thank you very much, Yasmin, for having me with you in studio. And I hope that everything we've spoken about the government is going to put it into place. Adios. Remember to check out the link in the description to enable you to listen to my podcast. Subscribe, click the notification button, comment on my website and tell a friend to tell a friend. We have come to the end of today's program, Embracing Education. Thank you for tuning in and don't miss to join me for another session of this kind next Friday. Have a lovely day and fabulous weekend. Till next time, bye!